Hello and welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast. John Guzan here. We're doing our special Phoenix Comic Con special with Mike Salustio. Salustio. That sounds great. That's good. That's good. Ryan Scott. How are you, Ryan? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? Good. And as, as you probably can tell, Ryan's on the phone with us. Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and some of the other things you do? Oh, other than doing, uh, you know, covering film and TV for uh, Modern Times, I also host a podcast called Cult Film Review. Uh, we review old films from like the 80s, 60s, 70s, wherever cult film may be found, we will find it and we will review it. So, yeah. Right on. And they find that uh, iTunes, iTunes, Google Stitcher, Play, all you know, stuff. Google Play, all those places, yeah. And Ryan... You've been writing uh, for us. You really got us. You guys know from me on Modern Times. That's right. I write about movies on the internet for a living. Uh, you can find a lot of my stuff on MovieWeb.com, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And Ryan's been with us covering Comic Con for quite some time. Uh, I know the magazine's been doing it for about six years. I know Mike, you've also been, mm-hmm. you know, a, a regular attendee over the past few yeah. years. Um, so we hope that we can give you some at least our insights or what we saw that might have maybe set it uh, apart from different cons. Um, let's start off right away with uh, the kind of like the, even the big news, the stuff that even the big boys covered, uh, uh, the prop ban. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you since we got you on the phone. Um, what did you kind of feel about it? I mean, was it any, any different? Did you hear about um, that? I know you didn't show up till Saturday, and so then that kind of happened on Thursday. Um, you know, yeah. what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, for me, it was, it was kind of a, one of those Obviously, it was unfortunate because, like, as you know, Phoenix Comic Con is one of those things I just adore doing. I love it. Um, you know, I've done San Diego. I've done the other big ones. But there's something so fun about Phoenix Comic Con because as big as it is, it's very accessible. You can do things. It's great. Um, so it was kind of a bummer that one guy kind of ruined. I want to say ruined because it was still a very fun convention. But it really put a hamper on things for a lot of reasons for the weekend. So for me, instead of focusing on the, oh, this or that, it really was just for me like the whole, you know, one, you know, bad thing spoiled the whole batch. And, you know, all these people that put times into their costumes and the props are an important part of it. It just really soured it for a lot of people. And I felt like that was a, it was kind of a bummer. All of that said, I think that everyone tried to do the best they could given the circumstances, even if that didn't work out as well in some situations. But you know, I mean, it, it was just kind of one of those things that was just kind of a bummer. That was sort of how I processed it. So, Mike, you were there on Friday. So it was I was kind of, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, yeah but what, you were really there fairly early when it was being enforced. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I was there taking some photos on Thursday, it had just happened. Um, but I had no idea. And there were still, you know, people walking around with guns. And uh, even the police didn't seem like anything was different, the ones mm-hmm. I saw outside at, at that time. And they were, I think, doing a press conference at, at some other spot in the convention center. So what did you see on Friday? I know that you, you know, we had a story with some comments in it, but, you know, there's some other stuff anecdotally, I think, that you were told. Well, I mean, like, walking in on Friday, everybody wanted to talk about, you know, this guy and what had happened and how this had all gone about. I mean, I know he had actually gotten to about the second floor and they found him, like, checking out a program or something like that. But he'd gone in there with guns loaded, and, you know, he had this whole weird weird thing where he wanted to do this thing with the, with the Green Ranger and stuff. So, so everybody, that was on everybody's mind. Now, as far as the security was concerned, they seemed pretty tight-lipped about even talking about it. You know, their job was to make sure that people got in there and they make sure that, these pro- that certain types of props 
weren't allowed in. Now, as I understood it, if you were a Harry Potter fan, you could bring in a wand. If you know, you could bring in a, a sonic screwdriver if you wanted to. But anything that looked like a gun or a blade was, was generally prevented. From you weren't allowed to go in there. Now, um, security wasn't as tight as I had seen it reported as. Right. I, I had heard that it was going to take an hour it to get take- in. It took me. 10 minutes to get in. Right. Line wasn't that long. Um, they were pretty quick to, to say, hey, this isn't allowed, this isn't allowed. Hey, let's check a bag. It was pretty similar to how Comic-Con has always been, except they had kind of blocked off. Normally, they do this kind of stuff at the door. Um, here, they had done it all along what I believe is, what is that, uh, Van Buren? What, what, it's, it's, wasn't it on Monroe Street, or am, I, or am I imagining that? No, I just wasn't sure what the road was. Yeah. <laughs> It was probably whatever the main street where they do the zombie walk and where they hold the cars. That was the thing that was that. That's where they had blocked off, and that's where the security was. Um, um, Second, uh, I think maybe, possibly, possibly. Sure, I'm a Phoenix native. No, (laughs) (laughs) look on your Google Maps, people. No, but yeah, other than that, like it wasn't as as difficult. Now that being said, you know, people were the people that I talked to were pretty disappointed about the whole thing. They the general consensus is that they thought that Comic Con was overacting. Right. And, you know, look, I get it from their point of view. I mean, sure. you got cosplayers that this is their big one thing that they like to do every year. And right. they spend a whole year, time and money, building these costumes, making them perfect. And then this guy comes in and ruins the whole damn thing for everybody. Right. So I can understand from their point of view why they would be frustrated. Now, from a security standpoint, almost everybody also kind right. of agreed that, well, we have to do something. Yeah. So, I mean, there was that kind of, you know, dichotomy between opinions Sure. As I was going through the thing, yeah. yeah. Hey, Ryan, did you get that feeling too? I mean, it's it. You know, a lot yeah, of folks I mean, who've I, been there regularly. I kind of got the exact same feeling, and I think that's why it was sort of even more. You know, because it's like, okay, you have to do something. So what do you do? Well, I don't know what you do because I mean, if you try to ban certain weapons or whatever, especially because this was sort of an on-the-fly situation, you know, and nobody was going to come out of this a hundred percent happy. Uh, and if something else had happened, like let's say they just didn't, you know, let's say they allowed proper, and then something else happened, then all eyes would have been on the people that didn't take enough measures, and so it was kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, and I don't know, Saturday, the only thing I'll say is the lines were insanely long for the bag checks and everything outside, and the only reason I got in somewhat quickly is because I had to pick up another badge that I had purchased for a friend of mine, and that line was much shorter, and then once you were in, you were just in. Right. Now, the other people that had already had their badges, they were in this just mile-long right. line. And uh, I don't know exactly how long it took, but it couldn't have been quick. And, uh, again, I don't know I don't know what the answer is, but it just was kind of a bummer. Yeah, you, you know, know, I mean, you know, beyond all of the, all of the uh, I, I guess, consternation, I guess, might be a good way to kind of term how people were feeling, um, uh, especially people that worked a long time on some costumes. Yeah, the, the the question that popped up to me was, how do you move forward with 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 this kind of situation then? Because if you're going to say that you know the 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 random idiot, which is basically mm-hmm. what this guy was, comes in, well then how long do you ban these? I mean, do you just ban it next year too? I mean, and and and, and how do you move forward? And I think you know it's something that they're probably not going to be able to answer right away. Um, and it also depends on 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 how the organization kind of worked its way out. And, you know, I think my you know the piece that I was writing was just trying to, uh, you know, that I wrote on 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 Thursday night Friday was kind of, you know, re, you know relating back to the decisions they made that they didn't have very very many volunteers to fall back on at that point. Once something went wrong, 
they were still going to rely on private security to have to do that. And private security had a blunt instrument, which is, okay, we're going to metal detector everybody and ban everything. Mm -hmm. And it made it very simple. But how did they go forward next time, especially if they're not going to be able to really kind of increase those paid ranks or, or, or get volunteers anymore? Um, do you think that if that, that a lot of people next year, and let's start with Ryan first, um, do you think next year, if props are banned, you're going to have people asking that before they buy their tickets and maybe second-guessing whether they want to go next year? I think you'll definitely have some form of upheaval from that. Like, people will not be thrilled about it, um, and there will be some blowback, no question, because um, there are people, people take that stuff seriously. And, like, you know, if you, like, put together an elaborate Stormtrooper costume and you can't have a blaster, that's going to kind of... Like I can, or if you're walking around as Kylo Ren and you can't walk around with your lightsaber, like I get how that throws the whole thing off. So uh, I don't know, but at the same time, like you said, how do we move forward? My thing is, I don't have any answers right now, and like, and I agree with you. I don't think we're going to have the answer to that question yet. But what I do think is they know, okay, we were put in a bad situation on the fly. I think they are going to look at it and be like, how do we address this better for next time? And they will come up with a better solution. What that is, I don't know. But I have to imagine that they don't just want to ban all weapons because of one bad egg forever. But, I, again, I just don't know what the situation, what the answer is. But I feel like they want to come up with one. Yeah, you know, and just, you know I'm going to throw that back to you then, Mike. But... Uh... You mentioned the Green Power Ranger, and golly, I mean, it just ends a... up that that's what, that that was a horrible uh, get for the Comic Con. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> they couldn't have known it, but it was really you know if they would have gotten the Red Ranger, maybe the the lunatic would have stayed home. Anyway, Mike, so what do you think uh, next year? Uh, you know, if they have a prop band, is it gonna is is it gonna impact? I, I feel like they're probably gonna have they're they're gonna figure something out to, to allow weapons. You know, prop weapons on on there because, I mean, it, it's such a like it's such a part of Comic Con to not only bring you know prop weapons but authentic looking prop weapons. Like I can't imagine them trying to institute the exact same prop ban they did this year. Now I I completely agree with Ryan. This is an on the fly thing. Like, hey, what do you do in this event? Right. You know, they only have what twenty four hours to figure out what to do and throw all their eggs or less. In one I mean, pool. I think it happened yeah. at like twelve thirty, and by three thirty, they were already pretty sure that they were going to ban all. Right. The now they're going to have a whole year to figure that. And another thing that's going to be interesting is, is to see how other Comic Cons and other states deal with this as well. I mean, this is big news for a lot of other places. Yeah. You know what? I I, I looked it up and was writing that column on Thursday night, and I didn't include it in it, but it was like only, I think, um, Denver had, had had the same sort of situation, but they had done that even before it started. Mm -hmm. So they had gone in for some reason, you know, the story that I found, the one story that I found, and I was like, oh, this is going down, you know, Alice's rabbit hole, then this is a different story. Um, but I did find that it was done a time or two. Everybody else just kind of has, mm -hmm. has, has requirements, which usually are able to be met. And I, and the other thing I wasn't able to find was was there ever another Comic Con that brought that somebody brought real weapons to, um, and I wasn't able to identify that. And whether it's happened or not is a different case. I just wasn't able to find it in my quick research that I did. So you know I think it's gonna you know like we said it'll it'll have some sort of impact. Um, you know you you guys hadn't heard about it. We kind of talked about it before the before the call, but there was one I guess uh, incident that that. Um, it affected a vendor, and we can kind of go into kind of the vendor reaction. Uh, Mike, you had sort of mentioned that a little bit, but well, I yeah, I, I had talked to some of the vendors. None of them really wanted to be right on the record for it because I mean I can understand that the 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 
cooperation that they have with the with and the actual some people con. They talk don't about wanna, it. They might yeah. not be upset. And you know, that. I'm not talking to the guy that owns the right. store that sells them. You know, right. I'm talking to maybe somebody over there. Um, you know, the general understand like the way I, as I was explained to it. If if you were a vendor selling weapons, swords, things of that nature, which is a big part of, of Comic Con, right. people with like Smith, like blacksmith companies or whatever, sure. they're selling these fake prop weapons that look super authentic. Right. Um, you basically had to you know, wrap it up in some sort of white bag or a box or something. And then the promise was as you were walking out towards your car that you, you you know, you wouldn't pull this thing out and that it would go straight to your car and then you would store it there and then you could come back in. Now that of course meant you had to go right back through the security Security lines again. And it just was a big pain for everybody. And, and the general consensus I got from the vendors was they also kind of felt like, well, look, it's a pain, you know, in, you know, whether, whether it's going to affect our sales, we don't, you know, we don't know right now, but you know, it hasn't been a helpful thing. Yeah, and you know, there was the one press release that came out, and I guess there was an incident with a a uh, a, a vendor called Ultra Sabers. Um, and so, um, I guess Phoenix Police, uh, Phoenix Comic Con staff, um, eventually, you know, had to had to had to escort these people out on uh, Friday after um, they had a problem with them earlier on Friday. So I guess on Friday in the morning they were complaining about what happened. Um, they were, uh, Phoenix Comic Con said they, they were given a refund, although Ultra, Ultra Sabers says they weren't, and who knows, I, you know, we haven't contacted any of these people to find out exactly what happened, but there obviously was some strife, and so much so, I guess Ultra Sabers was handing out flyers saying how, you know, you know Comic Con, um, you know, wronged them, so, you know, there's, we've never seen that before, and then I'll go back to you, Ryan, again, I mean, you know, we can talk all we want about what the con did, and, and what the staffing did, but, you know, there's stuff that was never, ever seen before, um, you know, including vendors ending up having, you know, f- you know, flyering against the con um, at some point. And, and so, you know, I think it, it, it raises all those questions and it makes you wonder, you know, what had happened. And again, the point I was trying to make in my column was, you know, San Diego started by seven people. Eventually they realized it's getting so big and, it, and it's gotten s- to a certain point. It became a nonprofit run by you know, a group of about 100 people. And they and so when when it gets to that area, it's it becomes a different kind of thing. You know, Comic, and Phoenix Comic Con had that choice last year, and they decided to stay private and to really kind of bring things in. Um, so, you know, it's it's what that answer is um, and, and, and whether it worked out right. So, you know, Ryan, what do you feel about any of that? Do you have an opinion on what I just said or, or what went on with Ultra Sabers or any of the vendor issues? I think it just all kind of springs from the same thing where it's just so much happened quickly. And it, it, it I, you know, I think because the vendors probably would have been mostly fine had this not happened. So, you know, and because I think the thing that annoys the vendor side of things is like those weapons were approved for sale at the convention before this whole thing happened. So, you know, they're annoyed that like, okay, well, you're, this stuff was already fine and cleared, yet now you're making us, you know, sort of mess with our procedures and yeah and the problem from a lot of people is like i believe mike was saying that if you bought something and you go take it to your car then you got to go back through all the security process again which is in some cases not short and kind of a pain so i understand that but i still think it comes back to the idea they're gonna they're gonna come up with a better answer and yes people were mad this weekend as would be expected i i probably would have been annoyed and but uh, I, I think it's probably going to remain more of like a 
this was a bad thing that happened once and we're going to do everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen again. So hopefully those people will not like remain annoyed and hopefully it will sort of work itself out. That's my hope. I, because I, because I feel like this has been a little negative leaning and I just want to say that I love Phoenix Comic Con. I still love Phoenix Comic Con. I came home for it. You know, like it, 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 it's so great and I just still want it to be great. So I just want this to just sort of be like a one and done thing. Yeah, really hope so. You know, I, you know, I, I don't want to belabor it too much, but then you have to say, is it a coincidence that the first year you don't have all these volunteers, your only answer to that kind of incident happening is to just ban everything. Um, and, you know, I mean, we can move on and, uh, you know, we have some, some, some of the good elements of Phoenix Comic Con, I think, to talk about. Um, the panels. Really, the hallmark, you know, besides cosplay, it's panels um, and the sales floor. We kind of talked about some of those things. Uh, still, activity was brisk on the sales floor from, from you know, from everything I've heard. And um, uh, I think both of you guys were saying that there were still some real successful panels, and it was kind of a good, uh, you know, time to be had there. I mean, there's still, and, and Mike specifically, I think you were talking about the film panels were, mm -hmm. were more attended than you'd seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, it, specifically in the direction that they were going with this year. So in, in the past, I mean, they've always had film, film, film and yeah, comic, and they've growing. always had a thing. It's, sure. you know, before that, it, I think it started off with just like a, like a, like a, like a local kind of film festival thing, and it's now branched out into like film bar actually doing their own film festivals right. and stuff like that. And they've gotten bigger over the years, but this year I kind of felt like there was a real push to um, try to include horror films in general. Well, I think generally because of the success of horror films over the last two or three years, they've been doing really well. And now that Get Out is like this big, huge, stellar you know, film right. that, that might be changing the landscape of horror. You know, they, they bring in Rebecca McKendry, who is the editor-in-chief over at Blumhouse.com, you know, who produced that film, and they did quite a few panels about where horror was going to go and um, just kind of getting the opinions of, uh, of other people uh, within the, the uh, industry. Right. Yes. You know, I, and I think it's been interesting on the film side. It's, mm. it's, it's that it, it does um, kind of relate itself better to horror when it's at Phoenix Comic Con, mm -hmm. you know, then, then, you know, you're not going to have too much love story with film, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and it kind of, you know, besides the superhero genres yeah. or that, that, that specific genre itself, it's, uh, it's a good, it, it, it really lends itself well to the horror. Mm -hmm. I know last year I moderated a few panels in the film side, mm -hmm. um, and there were some serious Hollywood heavyweights that, that help out with that. Mm -hmm. And it's only gotten bigger. I mean, it's, um, it was, even though I didn't go to any of the film panels, it's, it's, it's good to hear that that they were well attended. Um, Mike, I know. I mean, Ryan, I know you love those. Uh, uh, you know, everything Star Wars and the galaxy far, far away. I know you attended at least one. Um, you know, Star Wars panel. You know, how about your panel experience? Yeah, well, it was good. I just want to say what Mike was saying. The Blumhouse people were there last year too, and I went to an awesome panel with them, and they're becoming such a big thing in the industry, and it's cool. Their stuff. So that it's, I like that they're there. And I like that, that Phoenix is sort of building on the Hollywood presence because that's what a lot of people want. And I've talked about this in previous years. Like, the one thing that could possibly hold Phoenix Comic Con back is, like, a lack of growth in that department and, like, exclusiveness. And this year they built on that, and I thought that was great. Uh, and one of the things specifically was so there were, on Saturday, despite there being a bunch of cancellations, which was a bummer, like, uh, a couple of the Daredevil guys couldn't make it, um, and and uh, some big big cancellations happened, which were a total bummer. Um, and there really isn't anything you can do about that other than just be bummed about it. 
But uh, outside of that, they had um, a bunch of the authors, uh, the current uh, Star Wars authors, which um, the way that Disney handled it are, you know, part of the legitimate universe building. So, you know, they held uh, several panels surrounded around the Star Wars authors, which was great because for people that are actually like diehard fans, you get some insight into people who actually create in this world. And, you know, if you can't go to San Diego Comic-Con and see, like, you know, the Last Jedi panel this year, this is the kind of thing that fans go to these things for. And it's stuff like this that is just perfect for Phoenix Comic-Con. And, you know, it was so great seeing, like, these three generations of great Star Wars authors who have done a ton of Star Wars creating, uh, like, legitimate creating in the universe, stuff that counts, um, be there and share their experiences and talk about it. And that stuff was just, just more of that is what we need, and I think they're leaning that way. So for me, it was like, despite some of the bummer cancellations, that was a an enormously satisfying part of the con. And just to me, in in light of all this negativity, was like a huge, huge bright spot. Like they are moving in the right direction in a lot of these panels and stuff. And I think it's so smart. Um, I think Mike, you might have attended one of these. Um, also, a new thing that happened besides the prop fan was that they were selling the kind of like the fast pass or the VIP. Or, mm-hmm. um, and I know that uh, Stephanie Sparer, who, who um, you know, whatever, uh, you know her very well. Um, she was going to attend the in right on the Dick Van Dyke panel. Mm-hmm. You guys couldn't get in. I don't no, think, right? No, there was like that was not going to happen. <laughs> and, and was was that because of that sort of thing, or is it just because there's so many people that wanted to go in? There was so many people that wanted to go with it, and, and it, which is surprised. I, I you know and you know I'm going to give Dick Van Dyke a lot of credit here. Like I honestly thought when he was announced, like I'm like that's probably not something people are going to go to. Like I mean, how many geriatrics go to the Comic Con? You know, like how many people love Mary Poppins? But guess what? I'm wrong. Right. You know, on that end, it's like everyone who loves Disney is going to go see Dick Van Dyke. And he was one of the biggest draws at the con. So, right. and they were announcing that this thing was sold out. I think Thursday morning they had said, you know, look, if you were trying to get passes to get reserved seating, that's done. You might want to take your chances in line. Go ahead and try to do that. But I mean, for the most part, it, yeah, getting in was pretty tough, and we didn't we didn't make it. <laughs> you know, while well, kind of like we were working on one of the the, the Comic Con preview things, I saw a YouTube video that they have where Dick Van Dyke ended up. I don't know how he ended up doing it, but he's singing with a barbershop quartet in a Denny's. Mm-hmm. And you saw, like, everybody in the Denny's, like, got up and, like, walked over there. I mean, the, you know, Dick Van Dyke could get up and go on a street corner and probably make a hundred grand. He probably could. Um, you know? Um, but all that being said, Ryan, did you have any experience with that? And also with the VIP, did you see that at all? And, and, and... Yeah, you know, I saw a little bit of it, but I think in, in some ways I actually think it's a good thing because I've actually, in some of the bigger cons I've been to, it's, it's kind of an issue with, like, how do you sort out these big panels that people want to go to and stuff. And, look, if people are willing to, at that point, say, I, I want to do this bad enough that I'll pay extra money to do it, I mean, then that sort of, to me, says, it's like the same thing, like, why these people that don't necessarily need the money have to charge for photo ops because you need to control the crowd somehow. Um, it's the same kind of thing with this. Like, look, I don't know how you sort out, like, the demand for something like that, but if you have people that are willing to say, this is important enough to me that I'll pay a little bit of extra, then I think they should sort of get, you know, a priority. Like, so I'm, and honestly, outside of the Dick Van Dyke thing, which was way amazing how popular that was, uh, I think it, I don't think it really hurt that many people. I think the people that really wanted to make sure they were, good and set got what they needed out of it and I think that 
most other people were just able to do their usual thing and kind of wait in line and get a seat. And, and again, at least that was from my narrow perspective. There's so many pants. Well, we lost Ryan. <laughs> but, you know, it must have been the Comic-Con people who got upset with him. Um, let's see if we can bring him back at some point. Mike, um, how about any other panels? Let's let, you know, see if we can bring Brian back. But, um, did you see that was, you know, that, that VIP thing was in effect at a few other panels. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I want to say most of the panels. Right? Yeah. Um, I didn't personally go to see anything. I, I wanted to see Dick Van Dyke. I also wanted to see Karen Gillan. Um, I didn't get into that on, I actually didn't get to Comic-Con at all on Sunday, um, to see her. She was a late addition. Um, they had lost Arthur Darville and uh, the guy who had played uh, uh, Daredevil this season, they both had commitments. Oh. So, um, you know, in terms of that, like, you know, I didn't find that anyone's complaining about the Fast Pass as being something that, that was, you know, like Ryan said, I think, you know, if you, if you really, really want to see something, yeah, you, you'll, you'll dish out the money to go see it. You know, and why not, right? I mean, it's... Uh... It's the way to do it these days. Like Ryan said, it's a, it's it's partially crowd control, um, but right. the rest of it is uh, trying to give people what they want. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, if Stephanie maybe would have thought about it, you know, a few days ago, she could have made sure mm -hmm. that she saw him. Right, guess, right, you know? right. You know, so you have to give it his credit. Here, here, here comes Ryan. Let's 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 put him back in. Ryan, are you there? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to make for a bad edit, but I got dropped from the call. <laughs> no, you know, I think we've been trying to really kind of keep it lively, and I think we would have done a, a you know, a fairly decent job of, of uh, you know, I think we could just keep the podcast live, and they'll show how, how uh, you know, what it's like when you're trying to, you know, produce something live. Um, you know, sometimes those things happen. Um, you know, we don't need to be that polished. I think it's, you know, sure, as, sure. As, as someone who listens to podcasts, sometimes it's nice to listen to those. Um, you know, we're not just doing a radio show. Uh, and, so, the human moment, yeah. You know, yeah. so we were asking, you know, what I asked Mike as a follow-up was, did you see it in any other panels? And, and, and did it, it didn't impact them at all. Just people just got to for sure get what they wanted, and then you still were able to walk in, as far as you know. Yeah, as far as I, and again, that's just, again, my limits. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of panels and a lot of stuff going on. It's hard to know, but, I mean, I know a lot of people that go to this thing, and that was, I mean, there were complaints. Don't get me wrong. People were upset about their weapons, but nobody, not anything that I saw, Twitter or Facebook, any of my friends that talked to me directly, nobody was like, oh, man, I couldn't get into this panel because I didn't pay for it. Right. You know, so that, that, that was not a complaint that even came on my radar. So I have to imagine it was probably fine. So maybe they should have a Dick Van Dyke con. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they have a Disney con, a Poppins con. Oh, or something no, like they that. do have a Disney con. That's, <laughs> do they? Oh, yeah, for sure they do. Yeah, D23, yep. <laughs> right. So, Ryan, are you going to be covering that for MovieWeb this year? Uh, no, well, I mean, not actually on the ground, but, I mean, it's always, you know, always some news comes out of that stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's Disney. They kind of own everything right now, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, uh, something, I'm sure something will happen there, but, but I mean, I do, I do think it was cool that, uh, like, a 90-year-old guy like Dick Van Dyke can show up at a convention like this and be, like, the biggest thing that happened all week, and I think that's pretty cool, honestly, like, if you think about it. Yeah, and also, what does it tell you, though? I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, how, uh, Comic-Con, you know, is Dick Van Dyke, though, ultimately, it, it kind of, you know, also lays into, is this culture con? Is it really, you know, that's really what it must get to when your biggest draw on the weekend is a guy that was, you know, in movies. I mean, I know he's been in uh, Night at the Museum, I think is his 
last biggest movie that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my sure. son loves that one. But, uh, you know, there wasn't, you know, I remember in the past, five, six, seven years ago, it was the uh, Star Trek reunion panel. They had a lot of Next Generation people there. Um, you know, um, and, you know, where does it leave you? I mean, I guess with, with, with Phoenix Comic Con, um, you know, not so much, uh, you know, if you talk about, there's always that tie where it was comic books, but then it was kind of, the cons really kind of exploded with the rise of Trekkies and the rise of Star Trek uh, you know, conventions. So that's almost like a natural, was a natural spinoff, at least early on. And now you're into kind of films of, you know, that were musicals, really. I mean, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke was not really in anything comic book related that I can remember or, or, or really science fiction besides, uh, you know, I think, you know, Mary, pa- Mary Poppins is definitely fantasy, mm-hmm. um, you know, which there's a whole fantasy element to Phoenix Comic Con, too. But, um, you know, it's, it was just a very interesting con this year, I just thought, you know, and whether not saying it was bad, not saying it didn't, you know, it didn't work or people weren't entertained, but definitely kind of had a different feel, I think, to it. Um, uh, you know, Ryan, as far as that goes again, you know, we have a few minutes left here. Um, how about the, you know, besides the prop weapon ban, which might've kind of influenced things or not, um, how did the lack of really unpaid volunteers, did you see that? I know I kind of felt it there. It always seemed like there was, you know, a volunteer everywhere you turned in years past. Um, did you even notice it? Um, and if, you know, obviously I didn't see that it was negative necessarily, um, yeah. you know, but, but yeah. I did notice I, that they weren't there. There wasn't anybody there except for a few yellow and blue jackets every once in a while. Sure. I, I was trepidatious about the change last year for sure. But, um, I will say as like a, as a con goer, um, yeah. it, it didn't really af- affect me personally. I, I noticed that there were certainly less people standing around, yeah. uh, to do things, but, but I mean, it didn't seem to affect the flow like once you were inside the convention and, and outside of anything we've already griped about people seem to get along just fine people seem to move into where they needed to go right um I, if i needed to ask a question there was somebody within relative reach that i could ask so i can't personally say that i was negatively affected by that i'm sure somebody might have a different view but just from my perspective i can't i can't personally say that it that it that this decision has affected it negatively from a goer side of things. So oh, yeah, as, but you did as, notice as that there wasn't as I may have been it it I my experience was in a lot of ways unaltered because of that. So Mike, anything? I I gotta agree with Ryan. I mean, I I you know I, I've been to enough of these where I don't generally have to like talk to a lot of volunteers. Yeah. Right? And here's the thing about Comic Con in general. Everybody there is really friendly, right? And you can pretty much ask anybody anything, yeah. and somebody knows. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they, people who attendees who go there, who have gone there year after year, are happy to help anybody else. Right. And there's a certain flow and a feel to going to these kind of things where everybody is really supportive and and is really helpful in trying to get people where where they need to go. Like, no one wants to see any kind of conflict, sure. which I think is why this this prop ban was kind of an issue. But this was the biggest issue that I right. think most of them have ever felt at a Comic-Con. I right. mean, so, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I generally did not have a problem uh, oh, with yeah, the lack yeah. of, of volunteers there or any kind of employees for that matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah me either. I mean, but it was just, I mean, you could tell. I mean, yeah. there, you know, there was a difference. Um, and, you know, um, but uh, obviously it didn't make any bit of difference. I mean, it, it might have made a difference on how they were able to respond 
to the prop weapons ban, mm-hmm. I think. But, um, you know, Certainly, that's, but I think that's, that's hard to but say. But I think it's unfair for them to have... I think it's unfair to, to like, you know, levy... Like, because they could never have predicted something like that happening. No, of course and, not. And, and, and who's to say that if they had a million volunteers, they would have done anything differently, you know? So it's... it's it's uh, yeah. that's tough to say, but I don't know. I'm, but, uh, I'm getting the feeling that you guys yeah. think that I'm trying to rip on Phoenix Avocado, and and that's not my point. I'm just you know, I mean, there was obviously a difference. There's, there, you know, there yeah. I mean, we, we I mean, we have to talk about what's presently, but yeah, you know, hindsight being 2020. I mean, we, you can talk to 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 attendees who say that they felt like maybe security was over, yeah, over overextended their reach or overextended their 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 caution. But you know what? I mean, look, like, what do you do in this situation? Right, it, it, was, <laughs> it was horrible. Not, yeah. And you know what? They're going to have a whole year to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, for me personally, what I will say is I'm actually, I expected to feel the lack of volunteers more than I did. And I'm honestly surprised that by the time I was on my way home, I didn't even really realize it. So I'm actually pretty surprised that they were able to handle that transition, which, again, from my perspective, was smooth. You know, I didn't notice any negative impact of it. So I got to commend them on that one. Okay. we're just right out of time. Last thing on any thoughts, anything you haven't mentioned that was cool that you saw. And I want to say I saw somebody on the first day, obviously it was the only day I went on Thursday, there was somebody in a Transformers outfit or, you know, cosplay that was styrofoam. And it was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And um, I walked up there thinking that it was going to be some guy inside of it. And so I said, hey, can I take your picture? And it was like a teenage or preteen girl's voice. It was so high. She was like, sure, you and then and the lady she was with goes oh she loves this stuff you know it's like she lives she's been working on this all year and i was just so shocked that and so when i asked the lady i was like how old is she and she goes oh she's 12 i was like man that's a 12 year old girl in there i mean in that styrofoam thing i mean it was probably got to be hot all all that stuff and so you think about these cool stuff like that people just get to you know i mean she's using her craft skills and she had a great time and it was just a great costume that's my one thing i'm going to take away mm-hmm. um you know if it if it isn't anything we've mentioned then then we, then we can just skip on and go with it mike how about you you know every year there's this guy that dresses up like a big daddy from uh uh god what's the game uh ryan can you help me out on that <laughs> what is that uh, can't help you oh never mind anyways big tank thing from uh video game uh, I imagine it must have been very difficult for him to get in Comic Con with a with a prop stand, you know, when he is a literal weapon. Right. Uh, uh, other than that, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I took some pictures. One of the guys was dressed up like Michael Myers. Thought oh, yeah, it'd be a great right. thing since we're doing, you know, doing a thing on horror film. You know, you go up there, you ask to take a photo, and this guy doesn't break character. Right, he right. doesn't say a word or do anything. He just takes the photo <laughs> and kind of just like reaches his hand out. And me being like the notorious people pleaser, I am. I'm thinking like. Like, did he hate me? Like, was he mad at me? I can't tell. He's wearing a mask. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, other than that, yeah. I mean, th- those are my takeaways from uh, Ryan. Anything? Uh, uh, I want to thank the exhibitor who finally uh, provided me with a cool Jurassic Park T-shirt. Uh, uh, after all my years of searching for one that is not just the Jurassic Park logo, uh, so I have to. Uh, I don't remember the name of the booth, but. Shout out to the guy who got me the Shout Indian shirt the with Mister DNA on it. That's right. Um, Shout out to you, bud. But uh, but uh, but honestly, I've said it years before, and I was a little concerned that with the growth of Phoenix Comic Con, that they wouldn't be able to get enough attractive, exclusive, different types of content and panels to draw people in uh, and make it more of a big deal. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of our national coverage was negative this year. Uh, but there was also a lot of national kind of not negative coverage stuff sure. that I sort of saw. Uh, and uh, bigger stuff, and I think that they're moving in the right direction, and I'm just so happy that this thing that I love 
uh, is kind of, I personally think despite some negative press this year is doing the right things and moving in the right direction. And, and I just, and I just want to express my love for it as I always do. It's always a ton of fun. And even though I no longer live in Arizona, I will continue to come back because it just is a good time. And for anybody who's ever wondering, Fan Fest will be coming up soon, right? It's, that'll be, and they have a Halloween event. I think it's it's part of the whole Keen Halloween. I think it's a little early. I think it's early October for people to do kind of crafts and stuff too. Um, and then you know, Comic Con will roll back around. I, I know that's that Square Square Egg Entertainment also does an event in Minnesota. I think in Minneapolis. Um, so you know, if you want to go catch their kind of um, act, they'll be taking it up the road a little bit. Um, but then there's always 2018, so I'm sure we'll all be going there again, right, Ryan? I'm sure you'll make the trek. You planning on it? Indeed, I'll be back. I'll be back. How about you, Mike? If you oh. move to Austin, you're going to come back to Phoenix Comic Con? Yeah, I come back to Phoenix Comic <laughs> I moved to Austin. I'm probably not moving to Austin, but, I but yeah. I saw a glimmer in Mike's eyes. He looked at me for a second like, oh, really? You're putting me on the spot? What if I move to Austin? <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Anytime.